On the radio live, which you may be listening to right now, or you can find us iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio as a podcast. I am your po- co-host, Professor David Kirk Philp, with your other co-host, Dr. Esteban Marconi. Yes, is he. We are live pre-recording this, as we said, from Nashville, Tennessee. We want to give thanks to the Music Biz Association for giving us space here in the Nashville Convention Center. Just said that. I'm being redundant, but some people already, I I should Ah. say this five more times because they're Snapchatting this whole Mm -hmm. uh, thing and not even listening to me. So we've got that. All right, then we have, uh, there is a reason why our friend, by the way, Ashley Overa is here. Ashley Overa, music management graduate almost. By the time you hear this, she has graduated from William Patterson University. And the award. She also won the best, most outstanding music management student for 2016. You know who won that in 1990? Professor David Kirk Philp. So it's a long list of very successful people with uh, Lane Podcast. This is Anthony Manker. By the man! We want to give thanks to Van Dyne Bruno Inc. and White Hat Management with artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, Sharon Jones, the Dap Kings, and Kiss. There's only one place for you to go for your band's business management. Go to vb-cpa.com when you are ready. And also we want to give thanks because these two people, Dr. Esteban, these people gave us money so that we could give it to the students so they could come out here to Tennessee. Right. Anthony, do, what kind of state is Tennessee? Is it like like New Jersey's the garden state? What is Tennessee? The, um, the hot and humid state. The hot and, we're there here in is. the hot and humid state of it, the dry heat. Um, we want to give thanks to Christine Vey, a wealth manager and the president of Vey Wealth Management. Christine has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson manage their investments and plan out their retirement. If you are looking for some guidance, how to plan for your retirement, Ashley, or if you have questions or anything from investments and portfolio management to insurance retirement planning, you should give Christine a call at 732, repeat after me, 732-455-1510. And I hope the uh, mic will pick up better your questions than your repeating of the 732-455-1510. All right, you can also email her, christine at veywealth.com for advisement, Ashley Overa. It is time Anthony Manker is here. And we are going to begin with that. Okay, so we are here with Anthony um, who is a recent graduate of Belmont University, which is a university in the state of Tennessee. In the city of Nashville. Nashville, where we are. Yes, about a um, mile and away. Right, right at the top of Music Row, actually. That's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, you studied music business there, right? Mm-hmm. And currently, now you work for Clearbox Rights, and you are a licensed manager. Mm-hmm. So you are a licensed manager... And you told me that Clearbox Rights is like a music rights management firm. <coughs> so what would be your day-to-day responsibilities with that kind of a position? Yeah, so um, I'm the license manager at Clearbox. We're a pretty small company, um, like, you know, eight or nine full-time employees. Um, but basically we uh, represent and administer um, music publishing catalogs. 
Um, and so as license manager, I'm um, in charge of basically mostly incoming inquiries um, to use our music. You know, that could be anything from, you know, a guy uh, wanting to make 500 CDs, um, you know, record one of our songs all the way up to, um, you know, negotiating a film or, or TV um, sync license. So sort of everything and all those things in, in between. Um, so, yeah. Okay, cool. So um, what kind of publishers and writers do you work with then? Um, so a good part of our catalog um, is gospel and, and Christian music. Um, we're down in Brentwood. Um, which is a little bit on the south side of Nashville. Um, and Brentwood's kind of a hot spot for gospel and Christian music. Um, so, for instance, one of our uh, one of our clients is Albert E. Brumley and Sons. Albert E. Brumley wrote, um, like, I'll Fly Away and Victory in Jesus, which are some big, um, you know, gospel songs. And then on top of that, we have um, some, some contemporary uh, country, modern country music. Um, one of our clients is, is Brad, pa Brad Paisley's publisher, uh, Seagale Music. So that's just kind of a range, um, but mostly country, Christian. There's a couple other random things kind of thrown in there as well. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I know you were talking about um, that relationship with Brad Paisley's company. So, what does that entail? That's obviously a company within itself. That's his publishing company. So you just handle the rights, or how does that work? <coughs> yeah. So our company um, basically does, um, I guess you'd call it like back office work for Seagale. Um, so if you imagine Seagull Music as a publishing company, they have you know all these writers that they've signed, um, and they're they're creative people are out there trying to get these songs cut by people, um, by recording artists, and so Seagull as a company wants to focus on that creative aspect of publishing, um, which is make which is ensuring their writers are writing awesome songs, um, and 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 then going out and trying to get those songs um, recorded by you know Keith Urban or whoever. Mm -hmm. um, so what we do, you know, they hired us to basically handle handle the administration of those songs, um, sort of after the fact, um, after they get cut. Um, <coughs> so I'm sort of at the top of the funnel of licensing. So you know, if, if Keith Urban cuts a song, then they'll have to get a mechanical license for me, and I'll issue that, and we'll um, we'll we'll deal with that. Or if you know, a TV show wants to use a Brad Paisley song, then they'll come to me and we'll negotiate that license. Um, and then from there, uh, the royalties will get paid. Um, and then we have other people in our office that will uh, basically take those royalties, um, process them, and um, put them in a, in a usable data format that Seagull can use and, and you know, we can run reports on and stuff like that. Um, and then we pay out those royalties back through to Seagull, the publishing company, and Seagull's writers. Um, so, we, so it's basically just an administrative function um, that, you know, that Seagull hires us to do. But yeah. it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, I mean, because they they don't have the staff, they don't have the manpower right. to do it. And that's yeah. where you guys. And like I said, you know, they you know they want to focus on the creative aspect of publishing, which is you know making sure writers write good songs, um, you know, giving their writers advances so they can live and, and just write songs and and then get those songs cut. Um, you know, and and publishing a lot of times can be, especially on the administrative side, can be a very like accounting type of thing, and and also very like legal. Thing. And licensing is kind of like a legal thing, and then the royalties are obviously kind of more of an accounting function. Um, so that's what we do. Yeah. Is publishing administration rights, uh, <coughs> is that getting pretty crowded down here in Nashville? I mean, more and more. It seems like there's so many new companies, and then there are the guys that used to do it, that, that have done it for years. Um, I mean, there are definitely a, a, a few um, independents like us that, that administer 
um, you know, some of these smaller uh, indie publishers in town. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a lot of a lot of publishers and a lot of songwriters that are self-published will um, will utilize one of the majors yeah. um, administrative, like you know, Sony ATV has an yeah, has exactly. administ- they administrate their own catalogs, but they can also off- offer that as a service yeah. um, to to independent publishers. So. Um, the fee was roughly around 20, 25% to administer. Is that you guys working along the same yeah, line? Yeah, it, 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 uh, it varies depending upon um, the client, obviously, as well as the type of royalty that you're administering. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like mechanical royalty is probably always going to be 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, performance might be less just because the PROs are collecting performance and they're sort of – sometimes we'll collect performance for a client, sometimes we won't. Um, yeah. Depends on what they want. And then for sync, usually ten, sometimes fifteen percent. Um, and then if, if if your company a- actually goes out and, and makes sync placements, right, then you can charge twenty to twenty five percent for that. Right. So yeah. Right. And that's different than some of the other companies like Harry Fox Agency or agents that you guys. Um, yeah, w- we all do. I guess similar. We you know we, we handle similar things. Um, we're all rights management administration type companies. Um, uh, Harry Fox. Um, handles, you know, specifically mechanical licensing and royalties, and they they just know things um, uh, as an agent for other companies, and and then obviously the PROs collect performance royalties. But um, our company is is not affiliated with Harry Fox, so we we actually directly license our mechanical um, our mechanical uh, licenses directly to the record labels. Yeah, that's what I was just going to when you brought up Harry Fox. That's yeah. a great point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're skipping the, the Harry Fox. So if you yeah. look at like the flow of money, I buy a track on iTunes. Uh, I'm a consumer, pay my dollar twenty-five, whatever, to iTunes for the yeah. song. iTunes gives it to the label. Yeah. The label takes that statutory rate. Mm-hmm. And instead of giving it to the Harry Fox agency, you are set up directly with that label through yes. your system. Your system is good enough yeah. and you have that relationship where they will go direct with you. Exactly. Because not I couldn't tomorrow sign a direct deal with Universal Music right. for them to pay me then, you know, and, right. and cut you out so that I can save that that administrative fee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, yeah, we're, you know, we're set up sort of as a vendor, um, mm-hmm. you know, to the, to the record labels, and, and they'll come to, to me and just ask for, you know, we, we for every label, um, or at least every major label, we have, like, a negotiated um, mechanical license template that, we, that we'll use with them. And then they'll just come to me and say, "Hey, we, you know, so and so's cutting this. Can you send me a mechanical license, and we'll, we'll work that out." And then for the for the other labels that are not, you know, majors, um, we have our, you know, boilerplate mechanical license that we'll issue to them. And then, like I said, we can the, we can ha- we have the systems to handle, um, you know, the processing and and paying all of our clients um, the same way Harry Fox would. So if I'm an indie artist and I want to um, do a cover song that y- is under your domain, yeah. But I'm going to the Harry Fox site thinking that's where I should right, go to right. file for my compulsory license to do this cover tune. Mm-hmm. And I'll go. They have an automated system. I forget what it's called. Do you know what it's called? Uh, uh, it's got a cool name. Sling, slingshot. Slingshot. Yeah. That might be yeah. the one. They, yeah. have a, they have a couple of different services, and I honestly I haven't looked up. But Slingshot yeah. is, is one of them. And one is for video and one um, is yeah, – Yeah, I think they have e-sync for, for, that, getting, that, for that, getting a sync license. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. So I go to Slingshot, <laughs> for example, um, and they will say that they don't have rights yeah. to that song. Right. But now, I'm, I'm stuck. Then right. how do I know to go to you? And I'm no, nah, just go out and do it. Well, well <laughs> that's the thing. Now, do <laughs> I just go? Do. And I should keep oh, that checked. money aside. But. I checked. Harry Fox doesn't have it, does he? <laughs> right. Well, well I mean, do it. Um, yeah, that's a tough question because you know, 
people will call me all the time um, thinking that we have something or we don't or or just ask me if I know who has a certain song or something and and honestly if you don't if you don't do this all the time and you don't know like you don't know to go to Harry Fox I think they have a thing called song file where you can look up That's owners. What I'm thinking. yeah um, song file. you can look up stuff on song file or the PRO websites are are like the go-to places to look up publishing info but if you don't do that all the time then you don't obviously um, you don't know so you know I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that, that that's out there that people never bother to look up but um, but you know fortunately uh, we have we have a website that has a um, we call it the license cube and it's, it, it does basically the same thing the Harry Fox website does which is where you can go on um, query our database for our songs um, and then get the get the license um, that you need and that's kind of reserved for that non-commercial stuff uh, you know the two thousand less um, and fewer units, um, and you know people can go on there and, and, and can find uh, what they need usually. So, and then I can I can go there by going to clear clearboxrights.com and that's yes. where I can find that yep. under services. It, well, you'll go. I think it's just on the first page. There'll be a um, a link that says uh, I'm interested in obtaining a license. Oh, okay. And that is um, where I go. And uh, yeah, limited quantity license request form. I'll go yep. there. Okay. Um, and so there's a there's a few different things people can do on there, but um, they c you can either fill out a form and send that to me, and, and I can handle it. Um, but usually, you know, I'll try to have people go through and and um, and get on, you know, get a license online. They and basically it's just set up where they can get some sort of standard licenses, like mechanical license is going to be that nine point one cents. Mm -hmm. um, you know, print if somebody's printing a songbook, that's going to be twelve and a half percent of retail. So those things are pretty pretty standard and. and um, people can get those online um, it's just when the when like for a sync license um, that you know that needs to be negotiated or something that's when um, people will actually you know get the inbound query um, and, and actually um, negotiate with somebody we'll go right back to Ashley Overa the most <laughs> outstanding music management student for 2015 2016 you may ask more questions go I have I want to go back and I might sound stupid on this question but I, I took, took your structure class a while ago a couple mm -hmm. years ago now so can we go back to <coughs> the whole revenue coming in and where it goes? So yeah. your artists, they do belong to like an ASCAP or a BMI or something. Mm -hmm. So then, so how does that work? So the money comes in, then what happens? Yeah, you're uh, talking about songwriters. Yeah, I'm talking about the songwriters. Talking so about the songwriter? So yeah. so or the publisher, but So the performing rights organization, how yeah. does that play in and in reference to you okay, guys? Okay, let's do it that the songwriter also has their own publishing company. Also has their own publishing company, yeah. okay. which would be like that, like the CEO type thing, right? Because they also have. Their well, own. that's that's kind of that's a unique different? example. Okay, Brad Paisley is like he owns his own. Um, okay. He owns like half of his own publishing company. So, um, pr I'll I'll give you another example. Uh, okay. One of our one of our writers is a guy named Alan Chamberlain who wrote The House That Built Me, the Miranda Lambert cut. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, he he self published owns his own publishing company. It's just him. Mm -hmm. So he's sort of a great example. So so you're asking specifically about the Piro situation yeah kind of mm -hmm. like where does the m wh what's the money flow and where does yeah. it like get to you guys um, yeah so uh, um, so let's say a song his song the house built me plays on the radio mm -hmm. which generates a performance royalty mm -hmm. um, that royalty the broadcaster would pay um, to either ask after your mind whichever one he's with I, I can't remember um, and then that royalty would get so ASCAP BMI um, and CSAC all pay the writers directly um, which is kind of a unique feature of the PROs. Um, so they would pay Alan Chamblin, the writer, directly his one half of that um, 
mechanical royalty, or I mean performance royalty. Um, and then the other half of that would get paid to us because we're his publisher administrator. Um, okay. And then that, and then we would uh, process that and, um, and pay it out to Built on Rock Music, which is Alan Shamblin's publishing company that he had oh set yeah. up to, to own his catalog. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And like I said, some of our clients, and, and I can't remember, but um, some of our clients um, may want that performance royalty to be paid directly to them. It just depends on the particular agreement. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a windy road of where can things go, I would yeah. think. Yeah, because the pro takes their yeah. uh, collection fee, right. basically, administrative fee. Right, and what's yeah. left, they take a percentage of the 50%. Anthony's yeah. company, yes. 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 Okay. All right, so can uh, we talk more about your experience in college? And you're a recent graduate, right? Mm -hmm. I graduated a year ago. Okay, so very recently. Ba boom, boom. <laughs> so yeah. Great. Yeah. being that a lot of the people that are listening college students and things like that um, did you did you know you wanted to go right into licensing after college or you just kind of shopped around um, no I definitely didn't know I wanted to do licensing um, I knew I wanted to be in publishing or at least that side of the business um, I didn't know what that would look like um, but I did uh, I was sort of part of this program at Belmont uh, a couple summers ago um, called the pipeline project and the pipeline project was kind of like a music industry think tank. There was nine students. Um, we had some sponsors, um, and we did various projects for these different um, sponsors. And uh, my particular sponsor that I worked with was the AIMP, which is the Association of Independent Music Publishers. Mm -hmm. And they had us basically look at um, uh, music policy, copyright law, sort of the high-level um, things that, that, that underpin the structure of our music industry. Um, they create things like PROs, they create things like, you know, why do I need to get a mechanical license? Why is it 9.1 cents? All those kind of things um, we sort of researched. And through that process, I learned that I wanted to be in publishing um, just because I felt like publishers and songwriters were always getting um, the short end of the stick um, uh, when, it came in, when it came to all these um, changes and, and things that we've been seeing in the, in the music industry in the last, you know, 15 years. Um, and so through that process, that's how I learned I wanted to be in publishing. That's how I w learned I wanted to be sort of on the business side um, of, of publishing. Um, and, and through that, I met just so many people, including my current boss and the guy that hired me. Um, and then I just basically stayed in touch with him um, by having regular coffee meetings, lunch meetings, um, asking him questions all the time. Um, and eventually, uh, it just worked out where um, I had, I had I think I got coffee with him or something, and the job was being open, and it sort of worked out that way. Oh, um, that's great. So, how much did you already know? <coughs> you know, the, the basis of your knowledge now. You're obviously very knowledgeable about this, especially because you've been in it a year. But uh, coming in from your education, your music business education, was there already a, a strong basis for you to work um, off of? Well, I think I think I understood. Um, I think I understood the music business or that part of the business that I'm in um, at a very macro level mm -hmm. um, you know even though even if I understood that very well and I understood sort of all the moving parts um, it still was a pretty macro like high level kind of picture of it um, which helped and like you know helped me um, I guess establish credibility for myself and, and actually get the job but I mean there's there's you don't you can't know a lot of stuff until you actually just like you're doing it until you just and send emails to people and things are coming up that you didn't think of and you have to ask a million questions mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff so mm -hmm. yeah so i know you said 
you can't know it until you're in it, but was there anything you didn't learn in school that you wish you knew before you started being, like, in the workforce fully? And um, anything I did not learn in school. Yeah. Um. That you wish you knew, or um, anything that was a surprise once you started with full-time? Um. Yeah, I mean, there's just different things, like, I'm trying to think of an example, but uh, there's just, like, little things that you don't think of, mm-hmm. like, you know, when you're, like like I said, when you're thinking of it, like, in a very macro level, there's yeah. just little things that you don't think of that, that come into play. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I'll give an example. Just um, w- one of our clients um, had a writer that was no longer with them um, that the writer had left and went to a different publisher, but our client still had a piece of, wow. of his of – his of the publishing, so we still had a piece of all these songs, um, uh, but the, but the writer himself was not at this publisher I- anymore, mm-hmm. and then so this writer um, became an artist and kind of blew up and and had a uh, number one hit and stuff. And so I I asked our client, hey, I know he's not your writer anymore, but we still have a piece of all these songs. Should we be like posting about this on social media? Should we stick a banner in the yard and stuff? And <laughs> and they were basically like, no, like even though we're really excited about that, you know, it's not our, our writer anymore. Um, so that was just like it. That's just an example yeah. of mm-hmm. you know something that I could have never known, um, right. you right. know, unless I just you know was in it and, and asked somebody. So um, I do have one quick question for you. Yeah. And um, when you hear about lawsuits against services like uh, Spotify, <coughs> for example, that haven't paid the proper licenses out to publishers, what has been sort of the talk in your office? And do you have any specific thoughts about that? About some of these services that aren't paying the publishers? Yeah. And there are now class action lawsuits against Spotify, for example. Yeah, I mean, um, <coughs> I think if I was Spotify, I would, I would look at that and, and, and sort of realize that there's a huge, um, there's massive liability there. <laughs> um, just, you know, there's, I think it's something like $25, 30000000 million in, in un, they call them unmatched, pending and unmatched royalties, that basically, you know, the, the song was, was, it was spun on Spotify and, and they can't, they don't know who the publisher is, they don't know who the songwriter is, so the, the money just sits there. It, you know, it gets accumulated, it's not like they're spending it or something, but, um, you know. So I would, if I'm Spotify, I'm looking at that as a massive liability, you know. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate that, that these lawsuits had to happen and that they are happening and um, and all that, but I think they're sort of lying, lighting a fire under Spotify, so to speak, and forcing things like the NMPA Spotify settlement to happen, um, which is, you know, that's what it is. But, um, you know, it's unfortunate that those things had to happen, but I think it's it's driving everything further in that direction. And um, I think you're going to see, um, you know, entities like Spotify or Apple Music or whoever start to realize that this is a problem and, and um, start to try to figure out ways to, to solve it. Um, yeah. Like more long-term solutions to solve these right. problems rather than just a class action lawsuit which might help those people that are in the class um, get the money that they're owed, but that, that doesn't help. Um, yeah, that's not going to help this, this problem going forward. So I think you're going to see them trying to figure out how to solve that like as a long-term, as a long-term solution. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. You did an excellent job, Anthony. Even after well, all the insults were thrown at you. Yeah, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> 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 I was kidding. <laughs> uh, Anthony Manker. All right, Anthony from Clearbox writes, it was awesome. This was very good having you because uh, you'd never know he's a year out of school and he's brilliant.
Very. Good. I know. Well, on your LinkedIn you. profile, it should just say brilliant. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to change yeah, that. Yeah, put a big yeah. light bulb instead of yeah. a profile picture. Yeah. <laughs> people go, oh, that's the guy. We know him. That's great. So thank you very much for appearing on Music Biz. Sure. Yeah, it was great so to fun. have you. you. We should thank Ashley Overa, Dr. Marconi. Yes, Ashley Overa was here, and she brought him in, and she made this all happen. We will see you her again. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And we want to thank Marconi. Let's thank Dr. Esteban Marconi. Yes, and of course, our MC who made the big faux pas today. It was a French faux pas. <laughs> that's right. We want to thank you, Dr. Marconi. Thank you to me uh, for listening to Music Biz 101 and more. And instead of saying hello at the end of episode, every, every, every episode, you know what we say instead of hello? What's that? We say, Adi!